Wesley. Wesley. Man, where is he? Hey, TJ. What are you doing? Well, Jeremy, you know, this is usually the point where Wesley and I discuss what's on the program, and then he stops me from doing something really dumb. But I can't find him today. So let me ask you, do you think I need to... No. No, absolutely not. But you don't even know what I was going to say. Doesn't matter. Don't do it. Hello? Okay, I won't do it. Who was that? It was Wesley. He says I shouldn't do it either. Making connections. Affecting the culture. Just doing life. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. Wesley, let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt so overwhelmed that you just, you've got so much to do and there's not near enough time to get it done? Yes, it's called starting college. (laughs) It's called starting marriage. Uh It's called having a kid. Uh I didn't physically have the kid, obviously, but my wife did. And just the process of But you still went through the time of, okay, you're getting up every two hours. You're, yeah. Yeah. And there's there's literally no time. And let me just tell you, with three kids under my belt, the, the, you don't get additional time with each kid. Uh, yeah. yeah, your time just diminishes and diminishes and diminishes, which is why today we want to focus on something that is incredibly important. I know to both of us, and it's going to be incredibly important to our listeners. It's the idea of stewardship. Now, when we talk about stewardship, we tend to think of uh, the terms of uh, in terms of finances, but right. it's really stewardship goes into anything that is a limited resource. Whether mm-hmm. that's our energy, we need to be a good steward of the energy that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's and the big thing what we're talking about today is time. Mm-hmm. We have to be a good steward of time. And so to bring this in, uh, we brought in one of the busiest men that we know. Um, he is no stranger to the program he's been on before. Uh, yeah, I mean, this guy is absolutely insane. He uh, teaches college. He is the co-host of Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Uh, he is a writer. He runs website, alexmcfarland.com, and I just gave away his name. But Alex McFarland. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I mean it, the list goes on. Let him, it, let him you know share what? Here's what us. we're going to do. All right, first off, Alex, thank you for being on the program. Oh, thank you, guys. I, I love you guys. love what you do. It's great to be here. And secondly, tell us a little bit about what you do, just all of the different jobs that you you do. Well, you know, I don't feel like I do that much. <laughs> I really don't. Um, um, here's the hierarchy. I'm a safe sinner who's excited about Jesus. Amen. I love the Lord. I've got the world's greatest wife. Her name is Angie. I'm a Christian because of her. She inv- We were in college. She invited me to a Bible study. I got saved. And, uh, so that is possible. Uh, oh, exactly. <laughs> she, she wouldn't date me. Right. I was trying oh, to get wow. her to go out with me. And, and I had grown up in church, but I was not a born-again believer yet till I was 21. And so she was like, come to this Bible study, and I'll think about going out with you someday. So it was like she kind of drew a line in the sand. So I hear the gospel, I accept Christ, and four years later we got married. So, you know, I um, was engaged to Angie, and it was about three months before we got married. And, of course, I had been in church and been growing ever since I had accepted Christ, but I began to feel like God was calling me to full-time ministry. Mm -hmm. And so um, the whole trajectory of my life I owe to Jesus, obviously, but really I owe to the obedience of Angie. That's why I always say to uh, teenagers and college kids when I'm talking, I'm like, young lady, don't date that guy. If he doesn't love Jesus, because mm-hmm. if he doesn't love Jesus, he's not really going to fully love you. And you might, your Christian witness might change somebody's eternity 
as it did in my case. Mm. But number one, I'm a Christian. Number two, I'm a husband. Number three, I am involved in full-time ministry, have been for 25 years, probably mm-hmm. since before you guys were born. But, um, you know, um, what do I do? I don't know what I do. I'm an evangelist. <laughs> yeah. um, I can tell you what so you do. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, all right, so how many speaking engagements have you do you do in a typical year? It's over. You're traveling over um, 200 days a year, right? Yeah, uh, probably. I will say for the last 19 years, I've averaged uh, 45 to 47 weekends a year somewhere. Hmm. And um, I, I was, so that honeydew list is really long yeah. and lasts for a long time, right? Because you don't have the weekends to do stuff. Well, uh, I spent a total in the last 25 years. I've, I've spent a total of uh, 11 years either as a youth pastor or pastor. Mm-hmm. So I've been in youth ministry for seven years. I was a youth minister for four years. I was a pastor, senior pastor of a church. Love it. But um, apologetics was what my degree was in. And I got more and more invitations to come speak or debate. And we just felt led that God wanted me, at least for a season of our life, to be a traveling speaker, you mm-hmm. know, to win the lost and equip the saved. Now you're also a you also teach college at North Greenville University. So and you teach uh, apologetics. I do. You've also taught um, at Liberty. At Liberty, you've taught philosophy mm-hmm. at some different schools. Uh, you're an international traveler and speaker. Well, as I, I don't like to leave America much. I mean, I, I've been, <laughs> well, but but I really do feel called as a missionary to the United mm-hmm. States of America, um, and also a writer. Mm-hmm. So you write on alexmcfarland.com. You write 16 books. Um, I've been able to write a, a book a year for the last 13 years. Okay. Uh, and also is a writer for engagemagazine.net. Yeah, and one of my favorite things that you do, obviously, is write books. And so I get to read those uh, 10, uh, 10, dis- uh, 10 Distractions. Uh, uh, we may ten. Ha- what was that one? Well, you know what? It's funny. Um, I um, wrote a book in 2007 called The 10 Most Common Objections to Christianity yeah. mm-hmm. and How to Answer Them. And that book did really well, and I give God the praise. And so all the publishers that contact me, they want 10 in the title. So we've done 10 <laughs> issues, 10 questions every Christian must know how to answer, Ten answers for skeptics. Ten common myths. That's it. Yeah. And so I, I told a publisher, you know, I can do a book that doesn't have ten in the title, <laughs> but uh, it, it's. I've been very, very blessed to do. Yeah. So, once once publishers get a formula, though, they, yeah, they want to stick with it. They do. So let's talk for just a second about stewardship. Um, but first, um, yeah, we need to talk about uh, how. Okay, you do conferences as well, right? We, and the list is going to oh, go yeah, on here. Yeah, it, we, we've got to stop sometime. But yeah, tell us about the conference that you do. Well, when I was a youth pastor, this is uh, back in the Stone Age, back in 1991, I had an idea to put on a conference called Truth for a New Generation. Because, you know, I'm all about reaching young people. Mm-hmm. And still, even at 52 years old, I'm 52 now, so I'm old enough to be either one of your dads. I always would have never known that if you hadn't told nope, them. No, not at all. They can't but see you. <laughs> I still, I would rather talk to youth and college yeah. students than any audience, you know, mm-hmm. and but um, TNG, TNG, Truth for a New Generation, um, I was just wanting to equip our kids to stand for their faith when they go away to the university. You know, the university environment can sometimes be very hostile to Christianity. So we did this event. It was really successful. Then we got really brave and we said, hey, let's invite the the greatest of all, Josh McDowell, yeah. mm-hmm. great defender of the faith. And it grew by the late 90s. Um, we were running 5,000 people wow, in the conference. Wow, that's great. And, uh, you know, along comes people like Lee Strobel and 
um, Ravi Zacharias and you've James had Ben Dunn. Carson. Ben Carson, we've had um, Johnny Erickson Tata. Um, oh, Eric Metaxas, we had three or four times. Todd Storns of Fox News, we we've had four times, and it grew and grew and grew, and then. In 2003, my telephone rings one day, and it was focused on the family. So I went to work for James Dobson, and we still have a very deep friendship to this day and um, just a lot of things. So we've done 39 of these major conferences over the years all around America. But um, here in recent days, mostly I've been traveling and speaking and uh, doing the radio show Exploring the Word. Mm -hmm. You know, every day Bert Harper and I have the privilege of teaching the Bible to tens of thousands of listeners, and that really makes the phone ring. But I want to tell you guys something that really hugely touched my life. Um, I was a young Christian. I was uh, 21 when I came to the Lord, and I began to grow, as, as we all do. And so I'm reading my Bible one day, and it was in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. And Paul, he says, what? Don't you know that you are not your own? You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your mortal body. And it dawned on me, I was like, wow, that's true. Um, I don't belong to me anymore. Right. I belong to Jesus. And guys, this might not sound significant, but this was a huge thing. I was journaling. I was making notes in a, a journal I was keeping. And I thought, we're not saved by works. Christ paid mm -hmm. the work you know, on the cross. But I thought, everything I do post-salvation, I want to make it a decades-long Thank you note to Jesus. Mm. What a great way to look at the time that we have in this life. Wow. And I, I'm look, I'm not trying to be spiritual or sanctimonious. I'm just a safe sinner. But I thought, if God will help me, I want my life to be a decades-long thank you note. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I can think about uh, my first time when I realized, came across those that same epiphany that, like, wait, hold on. Anything I do, I want to steward it for God's glory. That doesn't mean that you're always having to do a Christian activity. Right. It just means that whatever you're doing, it's Colossians says you're doing it for the glory of God. And uh, I think, and, and you can, and that's possible. You can, you can, stand, you can put stamps on an envelope for the glory of God. And you may right say, on. how do you know you mm -hmm. can do that? Because I did it. Right. <laughs> I did it. And it Amen. wasn't at a Christian ministry. It was, a, it was at a post office here down the road. I put stamps on for Gore Guy for one semester of my college career and, influ Amen. and influence the people around me. So you can steward your time wherever you are. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got to tell you, I have worked multiple jobs. Uh, I've worked in the toy department at Walmart while I was in high school. <laughs> Can't which see is, that. <laughs> oh, man, that was a, a extremely difficult job. Uh, but you're right. I mean, whatever you're doing, you can do to the glory of God. And really, that is the first thing that we can say about wise stewardship of our time and that is find something, find a way uh, that you are intentionally serving God. So whether that is in your job, whether that's, you know, in the very beginning we talked about having a wife and having kids and all these things. There are ways that we can squander that time or there's ways that we can invest and be wise stewards of that time. So, Alex, and we're going to keep you around for the next segment. We're going to get into some of the kind of practical nuts and bolts of stewarding time. But I would like to talk to you for just a second, uh, just in the, the few minutes that we have left right now. How do you, um, first off, you have so much to do. How do you find the ability to focus on one thing to do? Uh, well, I write myself a lot of notes. I mean, I use mobile devices and my computer and my, my mobile device are synced up. 
But I'm I'm kind of old school. I've always got a legal pad, and I'm making a to do sure. list. And I found out there's a lot of places I was wasting time. Mm. And um, I mean, really, and I've prayed about it. Lord, help me to um, remember that time is like money. Actually, time mm-hmm. is a resource, and days on the calendar are a resource. So um, I found out. You know, I, I surf eBay to look at old guitars because I'm a guitar player. Mm-hmm. Well, I counted up one day. I, I figured up, and it was convicting. I spent, I was spending roughly two days a year just mindlessly surfing eBay. Oh, wow. never, never uh, buy anything. Never. Done I wonder anything. how many days a year we spend scrolling no. Facebook. No, don't ask oh, me. Don't I just, ask I me. just went there, Wesley. <laughs> I had to do it, man. But between Facebook, between Twitter, Instagram, and you know what? In all honesty, in, in my life, uh, how much time do I spend on YouTube? Yeah, and clarification. You're, you're just kind of say, vegging out. Yeah. Right. And none of those things are bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Even yeah. though their stuff's not bad, but you notice something here that we can discuss coming up back Yeah, the and that's gonna, what we're going to do in the, in the uh, segment coming up. We're going to keep Alex. We're going to discuss some of these find points of uh, finding how we're wasting time so that we can be good stewards because like Alex just said uh, the the money our time is like money so come back we're going to keep talking about that in the next segment <laughs>